What's up, you guys? We're so happy you're here to listen to us today. This is Leah and Brittany. You know the vibes. This is a mindful podcast. We got a little bit of humor and gossip thrown in here, and we are so excited for you to listen to this episode today. I went to go see Quan this morning. Yeah. And he's at a med spa and on their website, like part of their like tagline, everything says Atlanta isn't goddamn coming. Oh no. <laughs> like why do people and companies do that? They claim Atlanta when they are an hour outside of the city. Yes, and it took with- me 50 minutes to get there. And I thought it was only like 15 minutes away. Yeah. So thank God I looked up the address though. I was like drinking my coffee. Like, oh, I wonder when I should get ready. Mm-hmm. Looked at the address and was like, oh, forever away. <laughs> Jump <laughs> up to start getting dressed instantly. Oh my gosh. That's the worst. I, know. I definitely don't miss that about like Atlanta. We we're just it's talking be- about that with, yeah. with Abby. It's because of the like Metro Atlanta thing. Yeah, do you yeah. know, do you know what is considered like how they consider something to be Metro Atlanta? In the perimeter, right? Whatever no. the fuck that means. So it's actually, it actually is the amount of people that commute into the city from a specific city or county and if like they hit a certain number or quota, they're then considered Metro Atlanta. So that's why like coming Alpharetta, Marietta, Peachtree Corners, those are all considered, and even Gwinnett County, like Gwinnett County as a whole, it's all considered Metro, even though they're all an hour or more outside the city, but it's because they have so many people that commute in. It's ridiculous. So Stop then what you have, rules. yeah. So then what happens is you have businesses that claim Atlanta and they're an hour outside the city. Why wouldn't you just say either Metro Atlanta, north of Atlanta, or the city or you're coming. in? Yeah, like exactly. Like, <laughs> like just say where you are. For sure. I still would have gone. To say Atlanta. Right. Like I still would have gone. It would have been fine, but I would have been less stressed if I knew when I booked where it was. Totally. Other than that, how have you been the last week? been doing good i am actually really excited for our topic today because i have been working on so many things with myself okay you know so i i started working at a hit and slash kickboxing gym you know i've been there two weeks now and the whole point of me getting that job was because i need to leave my house (laughs) and i need to see people and interact with people that are not my boyfriend or my sisters So I got a job and it's so amazing. Everyone there is so cool. And I didn't want to like screw it up from the beginning. Like, okay, Leah, don't do your regular bullshit (laughs) where you just like stretch yourself too thin and then end up like going back on your word. So, which now obviously I haven't done that since like my twenties, but I also haven't worked in a gym in almost three years. So I was like, so I instantly or like put on my home screen, my calendar app, the tasks or like reminders app, the habit app. I have my desk computer. And then I also got a planner that goes by the hour. Okay. That I can like physically write in. And now I know that sounds extreme, (laughs) but having those five different sources of things to keep me accountable and in line, the last two weeks have changed my life. 
well, yay. Yeah. Like even last night, Mark and I, when we were just like, you know, chatting after working, he was like, yeah, you seem like you've been just like really happy and overall in a better mood since being at Vesta. And I was like, well, it's also because I've been working on some habits. There you go. But it's like changed everything about my life. Good. So, and we can get deeper into that and why those types of things help in, in the episode. But that's really what I've been up to. Just trying to stay like really focused and trying to keep promises to myself. Okay. That's what I've been doing last week, two weeks. Yeah. There was a a quote that I like to think about every now and again. Of course, I forget it a lot and I don't do it, but it says, honor your routine, honor yourself. Yes. And I like, I like the idea of that. Like your, like your routine is an extension of yourself. Right. Um, And it's, it's good to keep those promises and, and keep everything moving, which sometimes that can be so hard. So hard. Yeah. And that's why you just set little tiny things to, to do for yourself and to keep that promise to yourself, honor that routine to yourself. Yeah, totally. I feel like I've been seeing a lot on Instagram. Um, people like Jess, for instance, she was saying like yesterday, does anybody not just like not feel like themselves? Like Mm -hmm. there's a weird energy going on. And I was like, yes, bitch, like me, like, I just don't feel right like this whole week I've just not today I feel great so uh, hopefully I'm on the up and up yeah (laughs) I feel just been a little bit off this I've been so off just like mentally I haven't had any motivation to do anything to do anything like the motivation has just been not there so I started looking into like the astrology part of it and Mm. the moon has been in Pisces which is a mutable sign so you know that a lot of things have been changing in in regards of like expression and adaptability and flexibility and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to think about that in the sense of just breathe. Why you feel the yeah. way you are. Yeah. Yeah. Just breathe. Like I can't, you know, I've been trying to play the but why game and I don't, I don't mm-hmm. have like a specific reason. Like I can't pinpoint a specific reason right now. So I've just been, I just buckled my seatbelt. I was like, all right. Yeah. Getting ready for this ride then. Jesus. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but, but the uh, our astrology for today. So actually today when this episode will be released, April 12th, mm-hmm. it's a new moon. So this is a good time to set intentions for how you want the next month to look like. So set your goals. So you're already starting to do that. That's mm-hmm. a great thing. So Go ahead and start to set your goals. Pay attention to things that make you feel strong emotion, like anger, excitement, or any type of like rising passions. Mm -hmm. And you can either fan that flame or you can figure out like why those emotions are coming up for you. Either way, it's a good intention to set, like pay attention to anything that is rising within you and either play the but why game or follow those feelings of, of whatever they are. Follow. I love that. Yeah. That is so great. What great like timing, right? For sure. For, you know, spring is Mm. here, which is obviously creates a lot of change in emotions and feelings for many, many people. When the sun comes back out, the warmer weather is back out. And I think that's a perfect time to absolutely work on yourself and work on habits 
And I love that. I love when anytime I hear people say, or if I read when someone says to pay attention to a certain feeling or emotion, when you are doing something, when you're around certain people, when you're reading something or watching something, it's so important to pay attention to those emotions. And I'm purely speaking to myself right now, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's important, you know, like we all have friends. Um, I think I told you this last week, Brittany, maybe not. Maybe I thought about telling you and I was going to save it. (laughs) Um, But when I was with Abby, actually, and how when I got home, I was just, you know, in a good mood, chatting, whatever. And Mark pointed out, he's like, hey, do you ever notice when you're around certain friends of yours, like when you're around Abby or my best friend, Madison, who lives here, or he he even said reference, like anytime I get off of podcasting and videoing with you, because it's kind of like we're together because we can see each other. He's like, you have these very certain friends of yours that when you're done being with them or talking to them, you're always really light. I love that. I know. But then he, of course, you know, and I'm not, I won't be saying any of these people's names, of yeah. course, but he <laughs> named off a couple people that he's like, you know, sometimes when you get back from hanging out with them or just get back in from being on the phone with them or something, you're, you're agitated. Yeah. And, but I'll ask you if it was because of the phone call and you said no. So it must just be whatever energy it was going on between that person, whether it's that person specifically or just our energies combined, Combined, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, it's really cool when other people can notice it, but it's even cooler when you can notice it. Absolutely. Like about yourself, you know? Absolutely. I, I feel like I definitely have friends like that too. Some that some people can just be draining depending, depending on how you guys work together. And that's, you know, that's okay. You know, there, there are certain friends, certain people that you can only take in doses and it's just important to recognize that yeah, in totally. itself. Super important. But I'm I'm super excited today about our topic. What is therapy, yeah. self-care, self-help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully us sharing our experiences can, you know, help somebody listening either seek out therapy or feel freer to be able to talk about like therapy or their self-care methods. Mm-hmm and things like that. It's been very interesting for me, like my journey through through therapy, I think you can relate to. We talk a lot yeah. about what we go through and what we talk about in therapy and stuff like that. And so it's super, super exciting, you know, to, to just kind of open this door. Yeah, definitely. And I do want to go ahead and say, because we usually only say at the end of the episode, but for those of you that are listening, it really means a lot to us for you to subscribe to our channel, to rate and review us. Um, It really, really means a lot. We love doing this and we want to continue being able to do it for everyone and hopefully continue growing this platform because you know the vibes. This is Leah and Brittany and we're on episode seven. Oh gosh, I've lost count. I've- I think I know because we keep doing like interviews in between. So I think yeah. we're on seven right okay. now. Okay. Um, in release order at least. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so I'm I just want to say to start that I'm so proud of us yeah. because we have stuck to it. Yeah. We've been really consistent. We're we're ahead of ourselves in a good way. Yes. 
And I don't know about you, but I actually didn't ask anyone anything about podcasts before we started this. Yeah. I, like I what? You. We just went on to, <laughs> yeah, you asked me and then I asked Google and like we found our equipment just on Amazon. Yeah. The hosting sites we're using, I just found from Googling. And so I just want to say that I'm proud of us and I hope that everyone listening is proud of us too and that they enjoy it. Totally. Totally. And I, <laughs> I so for me, I was nervous about this podcast because my moods fluctuate and depending on my mood, I can let things fall by the wayside. And so I'll, yeah. I remember talking to my mom about it. I was like, I'm so glad that I'm doing this with Leah because I will absolutely hold myself accountable because she's such a hard worker and I know how much work she'll actually be putting in on this on the day to day. And I know I need to keep up. So it's not just like one sided. So I'm also very proud of us. I'm proud of yeah. us on we're starting to figure out like our groove, not only like yeah. when it's just me and you, but also when we're interviewing with other people. people. Yeah, talking with other people. So like Quan was last week and it was I got so many messages about how much they loved Quan. And I, I know I he's so him. great. Oh, he's so good. I messaged him and I was like, I, I just want to let you know, like everyone has loved you. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, like I, I would love to do another interview. So we'll have to get Quan back again. Yeah. As, as his business grows, we'll get him totally. on again so he can talk about that again from like totally. another aspect. Totally. Yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be so good. If you haven't listened to that episode, you guys, it was our interview with Laquan James. Um, you can find it. It's episode six. It was a really great interview with a good friend of mine who has done so much and he's my age. It makes me think that I'm like not as advanced as him. Oh, hush. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. But, but yeah, you guys are all great for listening to us and, um, let's, let's just get into it. B. Yeah. Let me ask so you today, actually before yeah. we get into it. So I'm drinking ask a Starbucks. Me. Yeah. And I know that you all, you, you know, you would rather have any other coffee than Starbucks, <laughs> but yeah, if you go to Starbucks. What, what do I get? Drink of choice. Okay. If, and if, and when, cause you know, I do sometimes it like literally is the only it's option. The only option. If it's decently warm out, I'll usually get a cold brew with cold foam. Okay. Um, no, no sweetener, but I do let them add the like crystallized brown sugar or whatever. I just don't get like syrup in it. If it's hot, I usually just ask them for whatever the lightest roast they have um, at that location. Cause you know, not all Starbucks carry the same roasts and blends and stuff. So I usually just ask for the lightest roast and then I'll, I'll either personally, or if I'm drive through, ask them to add just like the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest splash of almond milk okay. to like offset the bitterness. Gotcha. So the reason why I don't like Starbucks though, for people <laughs> listening is I worked in craft coffee for close to three years. So I learned a lot, a lot, a lot about coffee. And the reason why I personally don't like Starbucks as the taste and flavor goes. And if you guys feel this way, but didn't know why you don't like Starbucks. The reason why is because their beans are over roasted and they're purposely over roasted. When Starbucks started, like the way it became was this guy wanted to start a coffee shop. He had a shipping container up in Washington state in Seattle. He wanted to start a coffee shop, coffee shop, but he did not have money to buy fresh beans. So he's at a coffee roastery. He's looking at what they have, you know, talking to the people and he sees like sacks of beans over in the corner. And he's like, well, what are those? And they're like, oh, you don't want those. They're over roasted. And he's like, well, like how much for it? And I obviously now I don't know the prices or anything, but let's just say, you know, way fucking cheaper than yeah. 
what they were actually selling. They're like, well, we're not selling it. And he's like, okay, but everything has a price. Like, what can I buy it for? They tell him he buys it, he brings it. And that be cut to, that's what's now Starbucks. And that became their signature. So okay. they purposely over roast their beans. Jesus. So what does yeah. that do to the flavor? Like, I'm it, not a it, coffee. It tastes burnt and bitter. Ah. But there's lots of people, obviously, obviously, lots of people who love that taste, that flavor. When people say that they want a dark roast in the like coffee world, that's not actually a thing. It just means you're roasting the, the beans longer than what you should. Okay. Whereas a light roast is the opposite, right? Light roast is if you're going to slightly under roast it so that it's just not as strong of a flavor. It's more of a tea like, gotcha. you know, flavor. Decaffeinated coffee is like, is burnt, is all the way burnt, cooked all the way, all the way, all the way. Like if you hold a regular coffee bean and then if you hold a decaf coffee bean, you can like crumble the decaf Oh, because basically all the oils and liquid have been pulled out of it. So what that means, if you're, if you're good at math, you know, is that dark roast coffee is not stronger coffee. It's actually a little bit less because you're pulling more of the caffeine out. I gotcha. I just went on a tangent. I really love talking about coffee though. And I think that story about Starbucks is so interesting. It is. I've never, I've never heard about that. Have you ever been to the, the Seattle? (laughs) I've been to the one at the Pike place market and I will say it's a cool experience to go because it's a thing, you know, like that's, it's like there, it was their reserve or whatever. It's busy as hell. It was around the block. Have you been? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Right. Like, yeah, the line is so, so, so long, but it's in a cool area. It's at the market. So it's like fun standing in the line even. Yeah. And the shop itself is fucking rad. Yeah, it's like cool. it is so cool. I think I want to say when I went, I got a blonde roast, either cappuccino or cortado. Yeah. Which I don't normally get that from Starbucks because they oversteam the milk and I don't, you know, like it's a whole thing. But again, I was there and I wanted to try it. Maybe even was one of the drinks they had, like, gotcha. you know, yeah, because it was an experience. So I, you know, I just moved to the city and I'm like real close to a Starbucks. It's right next to the dog mm-hmm. park that I take Sully to every morning. And so basically Star- under your building. Yeah. So Starbucks is like my place. It's my place. Unfortunately, I spend so much money <laughs> there, but I like that they have the points program yep. and my card. I get 5% back. So I feel like I'm it's saving way worth money. It. <laughs> you are. No, that's when there's any type of a reward, like, yeah, yeah do it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. My mom started so I can order ahead down in Florida. And so uh, I'll have, I'll order it for her and I'll get the points and then she'll just walk in and she I loves love her, that. Yeah. She loves her chai tea lattes. I do love a chai tea latte. Yeah. A dirty chai actually with espresso in it. Okay. Um, okay. I, yeah. So my drinks of choice, I have two. Okay. Tell me right now. So I, this is just an Americano black. Mm-hmm. I forced myself to start drinking black coffee maybe a year or two ago. After okay. I moved here, I because I was drinking a lot of like cappuccinos and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not lactose intolerant, but mm, something's yeah. going on, you know." And so I was like, "Let me just try drinking black americanos, and they're amazing. I love them. I can drink because you know that's anyway. just with water. With water, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's just black. espresso and water. Yeah, it's like a coffee. americanos. I can definitely drink, especially from Starbucks mm-hmm. because of the water, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. 
And then if I'm going to treat myself, I'll just do like a caramel macchiato, which yes. is so bizarre that caramel macchiatos have vanilla syrup. Did you know that? Yeah, it's star- yes. I know that because we had to at one of the coffee shops I worked at, we had to learn Starbucks's recipe because so many people would order it. Yes. So I do want to say to anyone again listening, if you love the caramel macchiato from Starbucks, if you go to a regular coffee shop, you need to order a caramel latte with a splash of vanilla. Okay. That's how you order it at a regular coffee shop because a, a macchiato, a traditional macchiato is two ounces of espresso and one ounce of steamed milk. It is the, it's a shot. A macchiato is a shot. Now, again, most coffee shops nowadays, they know if someone's ordering it from Starbucks, it's be, they want a latte. Yeah. Um, but if you just want to make it easier, you can order it that way. Yeah. But I don't, anyway, I don't know why they put vanilla in it, but that's like their secret little. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, because yeah, it's just caramel, and then they put like half a pump or something like that. I guess it depends on your size, but of the vanilla. Yeah. So I have been. Trying it's good though. To, oh my gosh, it's so good. I've it's been, so good though. <laughs> I've been asking for one less pump of the vanilla because they'll do like, like for like a grande, they'll do like three pumps or some yeah, shit that's of vanilla. Too much. And I'm just like, no, one less. So I was like, can I have one less pump of caramel? And they were like, no, actually, we do vanilla. And I was like. Bitch, why is it called a caramel macchiato then? They, yeah, they mix it though. So maybe it's like, maybe they have it pre-mixed or I something. Think it's, so the oh, it's a drizzle. It's the drizzle. Yeah, it's just yeah, the yeah, drizzle, yeah. but the actual drink is vanilla pumps. And, yeah. But, oh, so good. So good. For a long time, I did the white chocolate mug. Anyways, let's, let's, let's talk about therapy. <laughs> We're just going to get lost. Lost talking about Wait, coffee. This whole episode is actually coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Jesus. Let us write in, write in if you want us to actually do an episode about coffee because I think we could. I think we could. We just went on such a tangent on coffee. Yeah. Yes. And we could also mix it with beer because, and I'm not going to go into it, I promise, but they're kind of the same. So um, either write in or we're just going to do it anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what we could do actually is we could get a bunch of sample beers and. Yes. And we can just like get drunk and record. Yes. Record. Done. Perfect. Do you like this top, by the way? Isn't it cute? I, I do. like the halter. I love it. Fabletics. I need to cancel that shit, but I can't. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, therapy. What therapy, is your therapy, therapy. first experience with therapy? Uh, my first experience with therapy, I barely remember. Yeah. I was a child. You were young. Okay. <laughs> I was like five. Mm -hmm. Um, When my parents got divorced, we had to go to children of divorced parents therapy in school. I have the faintest memories of it to the point, like the type of memory that I don't know if it was real or if I like watched a movie and thought it was my life. But I've confirmed. I know it's real. (laughs) Um, Just because I I don't remember so much that sometimes I'm like, okay, is that real? Now we all, I believe me and my siblings went individually. I actually don't even know if everyone went. I actually have no idea if all my siblings went. I just know that I went to like counseling at my school 
with other kids okay. <laughs> that whose parents got divorced. I got and it. I did it for a long ass time. And I think that that's why I have random memories because we did it for a long ass time. Like it was like basically like a class, you know, where I went into this like special room or whatever. And you just like talk about your families and stuff. On. Yeah. I had to have done it for like a whole school year. I gotcha. That's interesting. That's great though. That's I, yeah. Whenever I was in school, I, that just wasn't, wasn't a thing. It. Well, yeah. how old were you though? When your parents got divorced? I was in fifth grade. They okay. should have got divorced earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was in kindergarten. I was five years old. Okay. I was in kindergarten. Okay. And Mark's parents got divorced when he was around the same age. And he said that he also went to a similar type of like divorce counseling I guess, for kids. I guess so. Maybe graders, it's like an age thing. I guess fifth graders are old enough to not need therapy. That's the cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> fifth graders don't care when your parents get divorced, I guess. <laughs> I was like, and what's funny is like a five year old is too young to even know what that means, but a fifth grader absolutely knows absolutely. what that means. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So my first experience was in middle, was it middle school, either middle school or ninth grade. Okay. One of those, because I, when my parents got divorced, I lived with my mom at first. Right. And then anytime me and my mom would argue, I would always be like, I'm going to go live with dad. And so one time, you know, she made me do it and <laughs> my dad, she, you know, she made me do it. I said, I was my dad, I at that point, I was so mad at my mom. I was not talking to her. I was avoiding all her phone calls. And so she would talk to my dad, see how I was doing and stuff. And so my dad was like, well, we need to put you in therapy because like, this isn't healthy. Like you need to have a better relationship with your mom and stuff. And so they found me a therapist and she was, she was like this really old lady. I would go in there and I was, I felt so uncomfortable mm -hmm. the entire time. And I don't even remember like what I would talk about, but in, in most of my younger years in therapy, I would never talk about the things that were actually going on. I would talk about school or what was happening in school. I would talk about friends or not being able to hang out with friends because my parents were strict and stuff like that. Like that's what I would talk about rather than like the actual issues. Yeah. And so I remember the last time I went to that therapist, she had asked both my mom and my dad who were very passionate about each other up until my dad died, like they couldn't be in the same room without like sparks flying everywhere. It was it, very chaotic as well. And so she asked that both of my parents come into a therapy session with me oh, and gosh. they hijacked the therapy session. And that was the last time I ever went to that therapist because my dad got so upset the wow. last time I ever went. And I remember... Uh, Last year, I remember crying and being so mad at my mom for never like forcing me to stay in therapy. Like it was always like, oh, I don't want to do it. And so I would, I was just like in a in a vic very victim mentality of like blaming my mom. Why didn't mm -hmm. you make me stay in therapy? Why didn't you make me stay in therapy and stuff like that? And then my second experience was after my dad committed suicide. I went into what my mom could afford. And it was like this awful experience. It was 
I I went into this room and the room was like very small and there was only two chairs and we were sitting like our knees were almost touching. That's how small. Exactly. It was awful. That's how small the the room was. And like this, it had super stark white lights. And so I felt so uncomfortable there too. Yeah. And so I I ended up going there maybe like two or three times. And that was it. I was like, "Mm -mm, fuck this. I don't need this therapy. That was my intro to therapy before I became an adult, you know, so automatically, I had an awful idea of what therapy is, what therapy can do for you. I was like, that shit doesn't help. It does not help. I'm never going back. Yes. So in high school, so the next time I went into therapy was in high school. And listen to how fucked this is. Me and Amber went into therapy together Okay, (laughs) with this old woman. We were forced to go by our dad and stepmom. We have, we still have no idea why they were forcing us to go. Like if there was a specific reason or not, I would sleep in the sessions <laughs> and Amber would just sit there like pissed as fuck, but not talk. Like neither of us would talk. And I don't, I don't remember how many times we went, but we went enough to where she also called our dad and stepmom into the session we still didn't talk and then we never went back again, but it was because my dad was like, okay, well, I'm spending hundreds of dollars on this Oh, totally. and you guys aren't talking. So we're just not going to go gonna anymore. Play. And we were like, okay, perfect. That's we what we wanted. Go. <laughs> yeah. So there was that, but then there was later, like maybe a year or two later, I did outpatient rehab and <laughs> when I was 17 and you had to do like therapy sessions, yeah, you know, in yeah. that, but that experience, and this is me like understanding you as well. Cause that experience was very much like, you know, in this government building fluorescent lights, you know, hard plastic chairs. Awesome. And I just assumed that if I said anything at all, I would get in trouble. So I didn't ever speak. If they asked me anything, it would be me just talking all the shit I could on my dad, trying to get them to think that he was dangerous so that I (laughs) could leave. Oh my gosh. But I like wouldn't talk about anything else because I'm like, no, they're just going to tell my dad or like, I'm going to get arrested or some shit. Like, no, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm literally in the Gwinnett County government building. Like, fuck you. No. So that was like all of my, so I'm like with you, you know, like that was all of my therapy experiences until I was an adult. Yeah. Where you're just like, this is crazy. Like this is adults just trying to manipulate you and get you to tell them secrets and they'll tell you that you can trust them and then they'll tell your parents and then you get in trouble. Yeah. Isn't it weird how that's like our train of thought as, as kids, yeah. we're just like, we're well, just we grew up in similar homes yeah. where you can't trust adults because you will get in trouble for anything you do. Yep. That's not normal. That's just our normal. Yes. It was our you know. normal. Like our, our parents would be like, no, like you could tell, tell me anything. And then when and then you, you would, do, then you would be, and then you get your cell phone taken. It's like, what the fuck am I supposed to talk to? And I can't go to the therapy, the therapist that you're paying because HIPAA laws don't exist for minors, apparently. And they'll just tell you everything. I think that I have like an archetype in my head of like what good child therapy looks like. And I think it comes from Julia. 
So her, you know, both of her parents are psychologists or psychiatrists, psychologists in Mm -hmm. that field. And so they put her in therapy. Basically like a colleagues. Yeah. From such a young age. And now she's just like such a well put together human in so many ways, like so confident, so, so able to set boundaries, boundaries, um, all of that. And I just think that like, if I ever have children, you know, I'm on the fence of like, whether I want kids or not, Mm -hmm. if I ever have children, like that is the goal. (laughs) That is the goal. Like her parents are like, yes. But I think that it's, you know, for young people and for adults now, it's important to one, talk about these experiences when we were young, because Mm -hmm. these experiences shape us. Like I have an issue talking to people about like real shit because growing up, I, I, if I ever did, I would get in trouble or people would tell me stop being dramatic, Mm -hmm. sensitive, whatever. But now that I'm an adult, I know that that's just not true. It's like we all experience things differently. But two, in order to get into therapy now as adults, you have to become comfortable with that and understand that everyone feels uncomfortable their first session, second session, maybe even third session. Or Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you know, after the first session that this therapist is not for me, I need to find somebody else and how like, it takes work to find a therapist that matches with you because ultimately they're humans. We're all humans. And if you don't vibe with somebody, that's okay. But you have to get back out there and try and find a therapist, which can be so exhausting. So fucking exhausting. So exhausting. I was reading this book the other day that was talking about how whenever you're feeling good, when you're in good moods, when you're in high spirits, that is actually when you need to be finding, trying to find a therapist or psychiatrist or something, because it's really hard when you're down in the dumps to start to try and implement these things because you're down in the dumps and you know you can hit that depression wall where you just don't want to get out of your bed and you feel no motivation to do Mm. any any of the things that are helpful any of the things that can put you back into a good mood it's like somebody takes over your body and you can't do these things that you know will help you ultimately but But when you're in a good mood happy doing things being productive Yes. That's when you should find someone to talk to because you're being productive. (laughs) Especially if you know, you know, there are some, I believe that therapy is great for everybody, but Mm -hmm. there are some people that they don't go through like the, the moods every single day. They don't go through the, the swings of, you know, there are people who had very healthy childhoods who don't have issues with self-esteem, who don't have issues with what goes on in their head and stuff like that. And it, it, I think that even they can benefit from therapy in their own ways, but because they never see anything as being wrong, they'll never seek that out, which to each their own. I agree. And I think that's a good point to bring up why people should go to therapy, even if you haven't had anything like crazy or bad or traumatic happen to you. The the easiest way in my mind, at least to explain why therapy is great and why it can be great for anyone or everyone is because everyone needs to have a non-biased person in their life to hear about, and we're talking about the positive, right? We're talking about people that haven't been through crazy shit. You need to have an unbiased person in your life to talk about business ventures, to talk about 
dating or your relationship or your kids or your family, even on the great things. Sometimes having an unbiased person can help you realize just how great things are. Yeah, totally. Having an unbiased person to congratulate you because it honestly feels better to have someone who has no horse in the race to tell you that they're proud of you about something. Yep. Right. And so those things, I mean, there's no perfect person. And even if you have a really great non-traumatic, non-dramatic life, doesn't mean that you're not going through things. Even if you have no mental health issues, you don't go through ebbs and flows of emotion and you're just, you know, you're just you and you're living and you're just doing your thing. It doesn't mean that you don't have things to talk about. It doesn't mean that you maybe don't get like irrationally irritated over things that seem really, really minute because they don't happen that often, but maybe it's something that you can talk about and work through so that it doesn't happen again. Totally. And I, I think that like we were just talking about, it's important to do it when you're feeling good. So even those people who don't have mental health history in any type of mental health, you never know what can happen. Like something crazy can happen in your life. And if you already have that person, you already have the tools given to you. Yes. Who, you know, that you can talk to, who, you know, is very helpful, who, you know, that you vibe with, Mm -hmm. you're already one step ahead of the game. So even, even if it's not like traditional therapy, like if it's a support group of any kind, like anything is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm wanting to go segue into this aspect of medication and how Mm -hmm. people sometimes can see it as one or the other, like either I'm on medication or I'm doing therapy. Yeah. But it's important to realize that they, they go hand in hand. Like if you have a chemical imbalance, it's almost like say you had diabetes or something and you just want to treat it with talk therapy. That's not enough. Like you, right. you need, you still to have to get labs done. You still have to have checkups and yes. physicals and yes. And you know, yeah. mental health stuff is this is the same exact way it should be looked at in the same light. So say you find medication that works perfectly for you, you're going to feel like, you know, a different, a slightly different person. Like you're going to, your moods aren't going to fluctuate as much. You're going to be happier, but Having somebody, a therapist there to help you with this new you, quote unquote, mm-hmm. this new you, that can just speed along the process, you know, right. of figuring out, am I doing the right things? Am I doing the wrong things? And and having that unbiased opinion can just be so helpful in so many ways, in so many different regards. So for me, I just started med- taking medication. I've always been uh, not against for myself, but I've always tried and hesitant. Yeah, because I also uh, suffer from migraines. And so a lot of the migraine medication is also antidepressants or Mm -hmm. antipsychotics or anti seizure and stuff like that. So I would take this these preventative migraine medicines that were also treating like psychosis or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it would make me sleep all day, I would sleep, sleep, sleep. And you know, who was providing this medication for me was just my primary care doctor, Mm -hmm. somebody who is not Not uh, a mental health, not a mental health specialist, professional, 
somebody that's not their forte, you know? Right. And so when I finally started, I work with a psychiatrist now, when I finally started working with her, I told her, I said, I don't want to be on medication because it makes me sleep all the time. It may, yeah, I'm not depressed, but it's because I'm sleeping. sleeping. (laughs) I don't have time. Nothing to to be depressed about. Exactly. I don't have time to feel the depression because I'm just dead asleep. Yeah. And so she was like, has no one ever told you that there's medication that doesn't make you sleepy? And I was like, no. Like, what do you You just thought they all did. I thought they all did. So she she started prescribing me on something that is not as sleepy. And it makes me feel so good. It like the anxiety that I thought was just part of everyone's everyday life has Mm -hmm. dwindled so much. And it's just like, it's such a good feeling. I've always been scared of medication. And now I'm like, no, praise God that I have this medication. If I did not have this medication, I wouldn't have been able to get out of the relationship. My, you know, my dead relationship that was so draining for me that caused me so much like mental that put me through mental jump rope, basically. Uh, the anxiety that I would feel on the daily when it came to work, when it came to walking down the street, when it came to how I looked, how I felt, anything. Isn't that crazy? It's done so much for me. And it just qu- made those voices quiet. It made the voices quiet. It made my heart rate settle because that would be the thing is like, I would think I need to do something, but I couldn't do it because my heart rate was so it would be so fast when I would get the idea of like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I would just mm-hmm. not do it because my heart rate was so fast. And now it's just calm. I love that. It's And are you still speaking to your psychiatrist or do you just speak to a psychologist or do you speak to both? I do a psychiatrist. I was, I just do her. She's, she's great. I meet with her like okay. a month. So how did you just because you didn't actually go into how you found her as an adult or like how many therapists you had to go through until you got to her because, you know, so we know of your two experiences as an adolescent, but then how long into adulthood did you realize you needed a therapist and then how long did it take until you got one and then how long until you found the one you're with now? I know that's a lot, but it all kind of flows. Yeah, totally. So in college, I did a, I took a class, a qualitative research methods class. And in this class, you were able to choose whatever topic you wanted to choose, but you had to interview 10 people. You had to be in some kind of group that had like-minded people and you had to do research. You know, there was those three Mm -hmm. three pegs. And so, you know, it was a great class. People, (laughs) People would choose things like biases in the news media or police brutality and things like that. And so for me, I was like, well, this is a long class. What do I want to choose? And I chose survivors of suicide. So whenever you say survivors of suicide, that doesn't mean someone who tried to commit suicide and they survived. Survivors of suicide means the family who's left behind after somebody commits suicide. And the reason I chose that was because after my dad committed suicide, I had no resources. I literally had nothing. I, I, my, my mom and my brother were so apprehensive to talk about it. So my mom gets migraines really bad too. So if we would talk about it, she would start crying and then she would have a migraine for a couple of days. So we had to literally deal with it on our own, just close off our minds, close off our thoughts and just like lock it away somewhere in here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in college, I really wanted to like, 
learn about that and how, you know, bereavement therapy really helps, et cetera. So I started looking into that and I had to join a support group. Mm -hmm. And this support group was probably the hardest thing I ever did. Hardest. And it was six years after the fact. Mm -hmm. And there were people there who had lost somebody a week ago, two weeks ago. And then there's me six years ago, and I, I had never talked to anybody. You had never processed I any of it. I had never processed it. And Fuck. I felt so not only shameful, but I felt like I don't belong here. Like these people, like I remember what it felt like at the beginning. These people like need this help and I'm, you know, so far removed from it. I'm okay. And so, you know, it was like, I made my mom go with me, but we were like in a circle and everybody was talking and then like it got to us. And I was like, I didn't, I don't want to fucking talk. So I went to try to talk and I just uncontrollably sobbed. And so then my mom had to do the talking for me. And so that was like my first glimpse of I need help. Healthy, like, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was very healthy. It was a great support group. I still get the emails every because they do the support group once a month. I still get all the emails of like where this is going to be, when it's going to happen, even though it's in Georgia. Like I can't get myself to like not to unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like my first glimpse of I need help. I need Mm help to process these emotions because they're just like trapped inside my body. And so then I, I was actually one of the only A's in the class at the end. I have this, I still have this binder that's like this thick of all the research that I did and all of that. And I I love that. I did a presentation at a conference on it and everything. It was like, it was great. And then I graduated college and I moved to Atlanta and I was like, fuck it. I'm having fun. I'm doing all of this stuff. And then I got into like a very unhealthy, toxic relationship where I was like, you know, seeing my dad and this guy and all of that. And actually you helped me, which you, you probably don't even know you were doing the, what is the online therapy that you better help, better help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get out of this unhealthy awful toxic relationship and I could I couldn't do it and I was like I need to talk to somebody so I started doing better help a little bit here and there oh that's awesome um and it helped for a while but I I definitely knew that I needed an in-person something Mm -hmm. but then I was like oh fuck it let me just move across the country so I moved here (laughs) and it's funny actually I found (laughs) I'm just laughing because when we get to uh my side (laughs) It's like like partly why I needed help. (laughs) Just keep packing up your life and leaving. Let's just run away from that problem. (laughs) So actually I was going through my phone the other day and I found this video from November, 2019 that I was sending to George, like me and George will just like send each other videos all the time. And I'm just like driving, but bawling my eyes out. And I'm just like, like, it's in so much pain, so much turmoil, so much pain. And like, that was the moment that I knew that I needed therapy. And actually I have videos after the fact that after I started filling out, like the, you know, the therapy, every time you go into therapy, there's questionnaires that you have to fill out and all of the emotions that those, just those questionnaires brought up out of me made me realize how much I had just been like turning off, turning off and running away from these issues. So before I found the psychiatrist, I went to three different 
therapist and my actually my last therapist who I stopped seeing because he kept confusing my super toxic ex-boyfriend with the person who I was dating at the time he kept like interchanging their names and I was like dude fuck you like you keep like you're not even listening yes like you're not listening to me yes and so that's why I stopped seeing him but he actually got me in touch with this psychiatrist and she is she's just amazing we do like zoom zoom sessions which I hope that we can eventually go into like in-person sessions because I just do so much better that way but it did take a lot of no this person does not fit with me so like my first therapist out here in Colorado she was like my age fresh out of school and she was great but she didn't do anything to help me like she would let me talk about my problems but she wouldn't give me advice and sometimes she would do these deep sighs where I was like, am I making you sad with my shit? Because that's not like, that's not my goal. And so then I yeah. would feel like, okay, let me not talk about that again because I'm making her sad. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so I was like, I need to get away from this girl. But ultimately the psychiatrist, like I found my match mm-hmm. and that's what's important in even even how many doesn't matter how many times it takes you to actually find somebody else keep doing it because once you mm-hmm. find that person that is your match like it'll just set you on on a different path it'll it'll spring right. springboard you forward okay now you're like all relationships really <laughs> right exactly <laughs> do you say now my turn yeah your turn let me hear yours. okay i tell you guys about the awful experiences when i was younger yeah So then, you know, like all average 17, 18, 19 year olds, I uh, partied my ass off. Yes. I was already out of high school. I did like half a semester of college and decided that wasn't for me. So I was just partying my life away. Then I moved to Puerto Rico, partying my life away there. (laughs) Then I get sober and things start to change because now the drugs and alcohol are out of the picture. And I start seeing things a lot more clearly and I realized that I didn't love my life anymore. So packed my shit and I ran away from my life. And then that was fine for about two years. Although, and I mean this as disrespectfully as possible, those two years of my life were time that I cannot ever get back. I wasted two years of my life. I was stagnant. I did not grow. I did nothing to better anything about myself during that time. And then that ended and I fled again (laughs) for about two months. I was like on the run. Not really. Well, no, I totally was on the run. I was going to try to switch it out for a better word, but that's what it was. Then I get back to Atlanta and my brother is talking to me and he says, and in this time, in this like two months, I keep being told or like hearing the word manic. You're so manic what you're doing is manic. Leah, you don't need to keep making these manic decisions. Manic, 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 manic. My dad has bipolar disorder. His mother had bipolar disorder. I've been told my entire life how worried everyone is for me because I remind them of Nana, of my dad's mom. Everyone in my life. Oh, Leah, baby, how are you doing? I'm so worried about you. You remind me so much of my mother. You remind me so much of your dad's mother. Um, so I'm, are you doing okay? Are you doing I'm like fucking a, I mean, yeah, I thought I was doing okay, but now I don't Now You make so me question wrong. it. <laughs> yeah. And so my brother says to me one time, he goes, Hey Leah, you know, 
I know you're trying to figure things out and I know, you know, you're just trying to like be happy, but your life doesn't have to be so full of chaos. And we'll have my brother on here and Brittany's read some of the stuff that my brother's written before. He's one of those people that when he says something to you, it gets you to your core. And he's my younger brother. And I still feel this way. He just says things in a way where you're like validated, but also motivated, right? You feel valid, validated because he feels what you're feeling and he lets you know and understand that he knows what you're going through and what you're feeling, but then he motivates you to be better or to fix it or to change it or whatever, whatever it is, you know? So he's just like, yeah, you know, your life doesn't have to be so full of chaos. And he's like, I just want you to be able to relax a little bit. And I don't think he knows, like he'll never know how much that meant to me when he said that, because that's when I started at the very, very least noticing my crazy manic behaviors (laughs) that I had been going through for years. Gotcha. And um, I guess I should also back up and say that when I was in high school, I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, season of effect seasonal affective disorder and just general depression. I was diagnosed with all of that in high school. I also have migraines and chronic headaches from nerve damage. So in high school, I'm bringing that back now because it'll come back, you know, forward. Um, In high school, I was on a shit ton of medications, like so much. Like you said, with headache, medication is almost always an antipsychotic of some sort. So the one I was on was actually an antipsychotic and an anti-seizure in one. So I was on that. I was on antidepressants. I was on another anti-anxiety. Then I was on medication to help me sleep because of all of that, those meds I was on. And then I was also on another med for when I did get headaches because I did still ultimately get headaches, even with all the meds. I stopped taking all that when I was still in high school for manic reasons. (laughs) I'm only laughing because that's just how I can, you know, you know, lighten it up. Totally. Um, it's not funny. It's actually very dangerous. You should never stop taking any type of meds or drugs, just like cold turkey. It was really bad. But all of that was in high school. So then now you flash forward to me being in my mid to late 20s, and I'm very much aware of my my pretty casual <laughs> and chronic mania, mania of just like doing things that make no sense to anyone else. Like literally packing all your shit and moving off of an island, right? With no plan. Not the fact, not like, not that me leaving was crazy, but just like the way I did it was crazy, right? Like in a matter of five hours, I just left my life of five years. I then did it again, left my life of two years. And then like just things that most people don't do. And I just thought it was like normal and fine and thought that other people were just like weak for not doing those types of things that they wanted to. So anyway, it all catches up to you though, eventually. And so I needed to start, uh, you know, talking to someone. So I try the online therapy stuff with BetterHelp, which that's fine. But I think you can agree it is, it's a little different. It's a little weird because it's like messaging and texting and emailing and stuff. And then I found a program. My brother told me about a program called Open Path collective. And this is a national collective (laughs) subscription type of membership where you can pay to be a member of open path and you can get paired with sliding scale therapists, licensed therapists. So you don't have to pay like a shit ton of money. You can get put on their lower priced tiers. So I found a therapist in my city that you know, around my age seemed really cool. She was only charging me 60 bucks a session. So I went to go see her 
And my first session was crazy. I like am hysterically crying. We're in there for, I think, two hours. It was so intense and so wild. And when I left or like when I was leaving, she had said to me, she was like, you know, thank you so much for opening up to me about all this stuff, Leah. You know, we just met. But I just want you to know that everything that you've been through is enough to make people never want to do anything or like try anything ever again. And I think that you are much stronger than you ever give yourself credit for, for even sitting here right now, but for continuing your life after some of the things that you've gone through. She's like, so I just want to say that to you and let you know that you are very, very strong and you being here proves that tenfold. Yeah. So I left, I'm like, wow, fuck. Yeah. That hell. Yeah. You know, feeling so good. And I say that I said the part that she said, because I ended up seeing her every single week for 13 months and every single session had her saying, you know, Leah, your feelings are very valid. You know, Leah, I totally understand that. I get you. I'm on your side every single time. And I would tell her shit of me doing crazy shit, me being in the wrong. And she would still say, Leah, I understand how you feel. And I think that this is important because for a long time, I thought that she was helping me. And I thought like, oh yeah, I have this great person that I can feel comfortable talking to. And I can just tell her all these things about myself. And then it took, I think talking to you, like being like, she doesn't really give me any tools. Like she doesn't really tell me anything. Like she's never really said what I should do about this situation or that situation. Like I'm just paying her hundreds of dollars a month because I was seeing her weekly and she's just kind of like my cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's so important to realize too. It's like, yeah, your therapist is going to be on your side, but they need to, I don't need you you on my side all the time. Yes. Right. They need to be giving and they, you know, they're not supposed to say, well, you should have done this. You should have done this, but they are supposed to give you some kind of tools that you can use in your day to day. Or even saying like, well, why do you think you didn't do this? Or why do you think you did it in that that manner, in that way? Like she never gave me any of that. She would just write shit down and be like, okay, oh, okay, I understand, I understand. Oh, you're so strong for that. You're so brave for that. I'm like, no, I wasn't actually. I was being a crazy coward bitch by doing that. I wasn't (laughs) being strong. Like I was being selfish as fuck. But she would never say that to me. So now I just pay Brittany to be my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. And that's actually something that I did want to discuss. And that was just a funny little segue. But um, your friends are not your therapist. Absolutely. Unless you have a friend who actually is a licensed therapist and you pay them. (laughs) Your friends are not your therapist. I have Brittany and Amber and my friend Christina, who we'll eventually have on here, as my three level-headed friends that I – and I know that's funny because me and Brittany are on here talking about how crazy we are. But <laughs> those are my the three people that I go to, and I will – many times, often, I will start out a message with, okay, I need you to tell me if I'm wrong here. And I'll tell them a story or a situation or I'll ask a question or whatever. And then I usually will say again, like, please tell me if I'm wrong like, let me know. And um, I'm always right. So they never actually tell me that I'm wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, you know, I have these friends that'll put me in check or put me in my place or, you know, Christina is really great about, she'll just be like, okay, so I definitely see your side, but yeah. And then she'll tell me her side of it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right or wrong. It's just another side. That's normal. And that's very healthy. And you should have friends like that. Yes. What I mean is I'm not calling Brittany when I'm having a fucking meltdown 
And I'm trying to get her to tell me the secret to fixing my life. Yeah. Because that's not fair to Brittany. Brittany is not trained in that. She has not gone to school for that. She didn't fucking sign up for that. Mm -hmm. And she's got her own shit to deal with. Yeah. Your friends are not your therapist. Your family is not your therapist. Just needed to get that out there because I think that sometimes friends will abuse their friends. Yeah. You know, and there's even times where I'll say like, hey, if like this isn't even something like you can help me with, let me know or whatever. But you just need to be respectful of friendships and know that your friends are there for you and they love you and they care about you and they want you to succeed, but they cannot help your mental health. Yeah. They cannot help any mental illnesses or disabilities you have. Yeah. And that's not to say that you can't like talk to your friends, but also understand that one, we're all human. We all have shit Mm -hmm. going on. And if you are um, uh, unloading your emotional baggage, like it can, Mm -hmm. you never know where your friend is at that moment in their life. Like you could cause some havoc for that other person. So like understand that when you're having a hard time, like it's great to reach out to your friends to kind of pull you out, but you can't. There's other steps you need to take. Yes. Yes, you can't ultimately depend on them every single time that you're going through something to dig you out of the your own hole that you've dug yourself into. So bringing it back to like the medication part is that I got put on medication, I think just a few months after you did, Brittany. I know you didn't discuss yours and that's fine. But like, I just want to discuss that I'm on, I take an SSRI, which is, um, I actually pulled it up on Google because I always forget what it stands for specifically. So an SSRI is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Reuptake. Oh, reuptake inhibitor. I never say that out loud as, (laughs) um, but so it's an, it's an antidepressant that increases serotonin in the brain, which the air, this serotonin, which, you know, a lot of people joke about how it's like the happy hormone, the feel good hormone, but that's literally what it is. Mm -hmm. So an SSRI is just a type of antidepressant that I take. And they're a little bit different than some others where the side effects can be kind of strong. It's also, I don't know, and Brittany, you maybe know, I know that with SSRIs, you kind of can't miss a dose. Yeah. If you miss a dose, your next few days will be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it ha- it happens quickly. Yeah. It absolutely yeah, like quickly. so quickly. And it definitely, of course, depends on the amount of dosage dosages that you take, how often you take it, whatever. But SSRIs are a little bit more serious in the sense that you can't just like not take it. Yeah. So this is the second time I've been on an SSRI in high school. That's one of the ones that I was on as well. Okay. So Brittany got started on meds at the same time as I did, or a little bit before. And I had another friend who started around the same time as me. And so we could kind of chat about how much better it was making us feel, you know, like how it was helping or not helping our side effects. Like Brittany was having some crazy side effects. I was at first too. You actually, this is why I joke about Brittany being my therapist because Brittany (laughs) helped me realize that I needed to switch the time of the meds that I take so that I wasn't so damn tired all day. But so those types of things are really nice to be able to talk to people about, which is largely why Brittany and I wanted to have this discussion with you guys on this episode is 
to make it feel more comfortable. Yeah. Like so many of your friends are probably on some type of an antidepressant or anti-anxiety and you maybe don't know because maybe they don't feel comfortable talking about it because they don't know how you'll take it. Yeah. But it's actually very common. Very common. The stigma around it is incredibly bizarre. And whenever you talk about antidepressants or antipsychotics, like people are like, are you going to go crazy on me? You know? Yeah. So I'm on, I'm not on an SSRI. I'm on an SNRI. So it's serotonin norepinephrine reuptake okay. inhibitor. And it's kind of like the same thing. And some people have different, different effects with SSRIs versus SNRIs. Okay. But mine has definitely, I feel like me and you both have. We got lucky. We got lucky. We definitely yeah. got like lucky. Like we have some some slight, slight, slight side effects from it, but that's, you know, kind of inevitable. But yeah, we both got lucky that our first try as adults on medication helped. Yeah. So I, my side effect, I have one side effect and it's just like I sweat a lot at night and I will take that over what I was feeling every single day, all day long. Yeah. And you know, cause yours, the SNRI is antidepressant and anti-anxiety or just anti-anxiety. Yeah. It's both. It's both. Yeah. Okay. It treats cool. major depression, major depressive episodes and generalized anxiety. Yeah. So mine does as well. It treats and helps both of those. I also, my, the preventative I take for my migraines also, mm-hmm blocks the physical effects of um anxiety yeah so it's kind of i get like a little double in there there you go yeah so but then the way that we both got our meds is completely different so you went to a psychiatrist and they prescribed it to you right then and there whereas i i use an app called doctor on demand okay and i paid because i don't have i should say I don't have health insurance. So I have to do things different ways sometimes so that I, um, you know, don't go broke. Yeah. So I use doctors on demand. I chose just a general practitioner practitioner. I pay $75 for her for a 15 minute face like video call. Yeah. So I spoke to her the first time and I just told her like my deal, like been in therapy. This is what I've been diagnosed with before in my lifetime. This is what I feel every single day. I had to fill out a really, really extensive form. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So it sounds like this is what we need to put you on. Or she actually gave me an option between three. One of the ones that she gave me an option for, I had been on in high school and got switched off of that. So I was like, I don't know if we should even mess with it because I got switched off of that. Yeah. And then the other two options, I have one family member on one and then the other, I had another family member on that one. And so I went with the one that I'm on because I'm closest to that family member. And I figured that I would have like the closest results or effects or whatever of it. So, and I told her all of this and she's like, okay, great. Yeah. Let's try you out on that. We're going to start you with this. Da, da, da. She called it straight into my pharmacy and I went and picked it up and then I use good RX. And so it brought my prescription from, well, I can tell you, I just went like somewhat recently. I got a three month supply because now we're at a point where we know that it works for me really well. So I got a three month supply that should have been one twenty five, $125. And with good RX, it was $23. Wow. 
That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm saying that so that yeah. people know. That, so I know it works at Kroger pharmacies. I really don't know where else. I apologize. I just, that's what I use. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to pay anything. You don't have to be a member, nothing. You literally just say, when they read you out the price, you just say, is that with the GoodRx discount? And they'll either say yes or no. He said no. And then he put it in and he was like, oh, perfect. $23. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So we actually both started laughing because the the tech was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, He's like, I haven't totally. seen one drop that big in a while. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, there are options if you even if you don't have health insurance. Luckily, like I have health insurance, mm-hmm. so I don't even think twice. But if you don't have health insurance, don't feel like there's no answer for you. There's there's always help. There's always an answer. Yeah. There are so many resources that are there's available. Also, right. And there's also, so we all have our opinions on this. It, I, it doesn't matter, but like some people do have issues with chemical medication and they would rather try natural remedies instead. Yeah. So again, you know, not a doctor, nothing like that, but taking a lot of meds, talk to a lot of people and this is, you need to do your own research. I'm only saying this to be helpful. Do not take this as like medical advice, but the vitamin St. John's wort taken with valerian root are really great natural herbal substitutions or a, a, a starting point to help with depression and anxiety. They will not cure it. They will not give you any of the crazy, you know, amazing effects that we get from the chemical drugs. But St. John's Wort and Valerian Rue are herbal remedies that you can buy over the counter that will at least help a tiny bit. They will make you feel a little bit better. Totally. They're not going to harm you at least. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I say, yeah, I say that because like I was broke as fuck for a really long time and I couldn't have even afforded the $75 to talk to the doctor to get the $25 prescription. So I would just get vitamins and just kind of yeah let, let them do their thing until I made more money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's end this episode with kind of like suggestions for self-help, self-care. Yeah. I started aside that, from therapy and medication, of that, course. Yeah. So I did my yoga teacher training and I remember at the beginning they were like, you know, asking the questions of like, what ultimately do you want from this, this yoga teacher training? And, you know, I'm still not a yoga teacher. I'm not like in a rush to be a yoga teacher because what I wanted from my yoga teacher training was to be able to build like a toolkit that I can pull out of on my bad days. And of course, some days it's harder to pull from my toolkit than it is others. Like the past two days have been really tough on me and I have, you know, congratulated myself just getting out of bed. Um, And and some days that's important to do just like pat yourself on the back. Like, bitch, you got out of bed today. You did not want to get out of bed today and you got out of bed. Like that's amazing. So for me, my toolkit, yoga, journaling, walking in the sun, Mm -hmm. Those are like the three big things for me. And I think that it's important for everybody to find a couple, like a handful of things that work for them, that they know that they like, they enjoy doing whatever it is. And they know that at any time they can do that. They can pull from this toolkit Mm -hmm. and do it, even if they're having like an awful, terrible, bad day where they don't want to get out of bed. Do you have, you know, like a toolkit, quote unquote? Yeah. So that's kind of like what I was saying at the very beginning when we got on this call was, 
you know, yeah. So the, so I used to run a nonprofit for people with mental health disorders and people recovering from substance abuse. And I used to preach daily about habits and how important our habits are. But, you know, oddly or not so oddly enough, I didn't really practice a lot of that myself. And especially the last year, which I think is understandable, of course, because of the pandemic and everything. But the like around the holidays and the new year, which are really hard for me anyway, normally, because, you know, trauma, (laughs) but it really, and it's funny because, you know, I was trying to talk to you and Amber about it, but you guys like couldn't really relate just because we're in different, we have completely different lifestyles, but it took literally a fucking year for me to get the like pandemic doom, like over my head. Like you and Amber were so long gone past that, like crazy depression. What the fuck is our life thing, you know? And it didn't hit me until January to be like, holy shit, we are still in a pandemic. I still can't go see people without feeling like bad or guilty about it. I still can't do things that like I want to do or normally are going to do. And it just, it really crushed me. And it was like so fucked up just mentally and internally. But then I felt guilty about it because we've already been in it for a year. And anyway, I'm saying that because it caused that amongst other things started causing like a really negative downward spiral that I couldn't stop. But I was watching it happen like as if I was on the outside. Yeah. And um, like most of January and February, I was just like so goddamn negative every single day and I couldn't help it. And I was like feeding into it by obsessing over things that didn't fucking matter. And it took me talking to you, Brittany, and you know, my best friends, a couple of my other friends and just like real and not, not as therapist as my like outsider go-to friends, like Leah, are you being crazy right now? Yeah. I was obsessing over these few things and it took talking to a few really great people to be like, okay, this is why you're feeling that way. This is why that's happening. And I get it. You're valid. Totally. 100%. But this is why it doesn't really matter. This is why in our opinion, you should take a step back and realize what's more important. That's not a big deal. It's not serving anything but negativity in your life. And so from those conversations, I decided that the only way I was going to be able to fix this mental negative spiral was by taking action. (laughs) And I would like to thank Instagram and TikTok for giving me really great ideas from watching other people's videos where I started. So like being organized in my head helps me because the way that I see things in my brain, I need to see things blocked out and I need to see them in a schedule. And so duh, get some fucking scheduling apps, go get a planner, get things so that you can physically see everything you need to do every single day on a time slot in a block. And it might sound a little obsessive to some people, but it's what's actually keeping me sane. I've been doing it for two weeks consistently, tracking my food, tracking my water, timing myself to read. I'm giving myself, I know this sounds silly, but it's a really big deal. I put on a six minute clock every day, just six minutes to read a book, a non-educational book, six minutes. I need to do that. I end up, I end up doing it longer. But the way I get started is because I'm like, okay, bitch, all you need to do is sit for six minutes. Yeah. Put your fucking phone down for six minutes and read this book. And so I've been doing that. I've been, I have a bunch of like educational courses that I've been taking just, you know, to better myself and advance myself in my business. And I push them off, push them off, push them off. But it's just like looming over my head at all times. So same thing as the book, 30 minutes. There you go. 30 fucking minutes. Take a course, read a chapter, take an exam, whatever. And these little things, and I know it's only been two weeks, but I'm also saying it publicly so that I can be that much more accountable, 
have already made such an impact in my life that I am not caring about those things that I was caring about. Yeah. You know, I'm focusing on how to be better. I'm focusing on how to be happier. I have a really great life, you guys. I have a really, really good life that has taken a lot of hard work, like so much hard work that I have to constantly remind myself of what I have and like just take a look around at my house and look at my car and just like think back of three very short years ago, my car was broken down outside of my house. My car was overheating on my way to, you know, five, <laughs> five miles away to the gym. And we would have I was to living... carry a gallon of water to pour yes. into your car. Yes. <laughs> or I was living in an apartment that had Orkin come by on demand every single week because the bugs were so bad. Mm. Like that's fucked up, but that's where I was at yeah. not that long ago. But why was I so fucking negative every single day? Yeah. I don't know. Because you are what you allow yourself to be. You will have the thoughts that you allow yourself to have. And it is as simple as just stopping it. But you have to trade it out. And that's where I was going wrong for a little bit. You can't just like assume that you can stop doing something without trading it for something else. So I've been making the conscious effort every hour of every day to trade out a thought, a negative thought for something positive. Perfect. And we're still we're still working on the positive self talk. There you go, um, girl. You know, we're we're still working on that. But I mean, you know, about anything else, getting annoyed about something that doesn't need to be such an annoyance and ruin my fucking day. Yeah. Like I'm trying to change those types of thoughts. Totally. And you know, like and it's a, working. A great thing to keep in mind that we all have access to at any given moment of every day is our breath. So Leah, actually, I want to do this with you. Go ahead and lean back on your chair. Okay. Close your eyes. We're just going to do this together. So when your eyes are closed, just get comfortable. And breathing in through your nostrils and out through your nostrils, we're just going to try to elongate our breath in and out for as long as possible. So go ahead and start on your own time. We're just going to take three deep breaths. So wherever you are throughout any moment of the day and say that your mind is kind of going crazy, you're having these thoughts that you cannot get rid of, breathing is the surefire way to turn off your mind. And so I call those like micro meditation. So just like any, say you're driving and you're having really bad road rage, when you stop at a red light, Just breathe in and breathe out, just trying to fill your body and then completely exhale. And you can literally start to train your mind that whenever you're breathing, you're not thinking. I love that. And it is such a helpful and powerful tool. I think that's why I actually got so like addicted to yoga was because that was the first thing, like when I started actually breathing, that was the first thing that That switched. Yes. That was able to shut this, this fucking head off. And so I just wanted to, you know, leave our listeners with that that little tidbit of advice. And I mean, been on here 
almost an hour and a half. This will probably be yeah. our longest episode, but it's so near yeah. and dear to our hearts. Yeah, I think it's really, really important. As always, we will put all of the information for like the BetterHelp and Open Path Collective and and Doctor on Demand, all that. We'll put that in the description for anyone who needs it. We'll also just because Brittany and I both mentioned that we get migraines, we'll put the online doctors that we use for medic uh, for migraines yep. down there as well. I'm also going to plug Brittany because she won't, but Brittany does do yoga and meditation work <laughs> virtually. We'll put her info down there too. Cool. It Well, it, her info is always in the description, but I'll make sure to put a little note that if, if any of you guys want to work with Brittany, again, that's not therapy. It is not therapy, but the, it is positive. It is a great positive habit that you can add into your life. Yeah. And if so, you're in Denver, um, yeah. I would be happy to work with you in person. So just let me know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you guys know the vibes. We try to always keep it real with you. We're always open. Our DMs and our emails are always open for you. We really, really hope that you guys loved this episode. Um, clearly, we can talk about this for much longer if it's desired. So maybe we can do a part two. Yep. Um, just let us know what you guys think with that. The rate and review. We love you guys. We love talking to you. And we will be back next week with another guest. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs>